1: this is blue moon it's the original fan-made manchester city podcast coming up we've got news and views from city's week it's your club and this is your show
2: Well, we saw what Manchester City could do last season in winning the treble, but now they've added winning on penalties to their armoury as well. None of us saw that coming when the Super Cup finished in a draw, but five successful spot kicks is a bit of a game-changer. Cue a vital miss from the spot on Saturday against Newcastle. Welcome to this week's Blue Moon podcast. On today's show, we'll be talking through the games against Burnley and Sevilla, looking at how the team are settling into this season and asking the all-important questions like how much did City's current defence cost and is Xavi Mancissidor the first goalkeeper coach ever to get booked on the touchline? find out live shortly also on today's show we'll hear from taylor payne from pod on the tine he'll tell us all about newcastle's new players and their start to the season and we'll speak to our eds expert sean blinkhorn about the young players who were on the pre-season tour and the ones to watch this term as well i'm david mooney joining me for this week's show our two city fans we've got adam monk hello and Macca.
3: hello david
2: uh so yeah welcome back uh, perry first time of the season um good summer adam
4: uh, yeah, not too bad. I mean, we've not really had a break, have we? It feels like two weeks ago that I was in Istanbul, <laughs> and uh, I think my liver's still recovering. So yeah, uh, kicking off again. Uh, good to be back. Good. But yeah, like I said, uh, the summer's sort of... I mean, July, it just pissed it down, didn't it? So what kind of summer was it? Yeah. Not much Mac- of one, really.
2: Macca, you're already on the wine, you've told us this evening, so uh, that'll <laughs> yeah, be yeah, that'll yeah. be I'm good the fun. Yeah, good fun. Save it for a special occasion, that's what I say. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Never do that.
2: Yeah. Well, this season, we're pleased to announce that the Blue Moon Podcast is sponsored by Green King Sports, where football is more than a game. Green King Sport venues are showing every single televised city fixture over the 23-24 season. And with more than 900 sports pubs across the UK, it doesn't matter whether you're in Manchester or Milton Keynes. You can catch every single minute of the action. Keep an eye out during the season for events, offers, content and competitions that put you closer to the action. City play Newcastle this weekend in a game that we'll be previewing on the show later on. If you're not getting down to the Etihad for it, then why not watch it in the next best place, a Green King sports pub. That's to come later on, though. Uh, We're going to start with a look back over the Burnley and Sevilla games. Um, Adam, I want to start with you on on this one because um, Cole Palmer had a, a very lively performance. Against Sevilla. Um, Obviously, you've been around the club and you've you've kind of interacted with the players and stuff. Uh, So you've got a bit bit more of an insight into what he's like as a a person as well as a player. Um, What have you made of of how he started this season?
4: Uh, Promisingly, but our business isn't finished. And I think that's the whole uh, talking point, really, right now, isn't it? It's still up in the air despite the fact he scored two goals. Um, I know for a fact that the club have been um, very willing to sort of. Promote him, uh, particularly in the media. We did a massive piece on him when he scored his first Champions League goal. I remember interviewing him on his professional debut, which was at Turf Moor in the League Cup oh, about yeah. three seasons ago. Uh, his first Champions League debut in Marseille. So there's been a lot of publicity for the club to really, I think, just promote the the CFA in general, really, in the EDS squad, but also him in particular. Um, and he's been seen as alongside Foden uh, as a bit of a beacon of, not hope, but a beacon of um, light sort of really that the people can shine and come through the academy. Um, and I have to say, the last two performances have probably been the two best performances that he's had in a City shirt. I don't know what's happened to him over the summer. He obviously didn't get much game time last season. But um, yeah, like I said, our business isn't finished, is it? And with Mares going, you're looking to replace a fairly sizable amount of output, I think, in terms of goals and assists. So whether Pep thinks Palmer can fill that void, uh, it does remain to be seen.
2: Yeah, um, Maka. It's uh, as Adam says. There, Mares has gone. Um there, there have been the suggestions that he might be the player to do to to kind of replace Marres's role in the squad. Obviously, concerns that he's you know a bit inexperienced, and it's still very early to be to be saying that. What do you reckon?
3: Well, yeah, he is, but he's only twenty one. I think he's twenty one. He and um, how old was Mares when we, we got Mares? But twenty eight, maybe. Something yeah, like exactly, that. yeah, exactly, exactly. And it, it's like, well. I think Gaz, friend of the show, Bernie's debut, on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but he tweeted something the other day, and and he said and, and it kind of resonated where he basically said, "Look, we, we've done what we've done now, so why why can't we just kind of give the likes of Palmer and, and McAtee a go? They're not going to make it any worse." Yeah, and and I, I mean I've, I've got to be honest with Palmer, he's not Rico Lewis. I'll be honest, kind of does instantly. I thought it was. Right, if this is a player.
1: Palmer didn't real. do yeah. that
3: for me instantly. But like Adam has just said, the last couple of games you just think he's a player here. He's a he's a player. And and he's like I say, he's not gonna make us worse. So why not? Why not? Give him a go.
4: Yeah,
2: he does, uh, he does kind of uh, like that cutting inside, taking a shot. I mean, Mara's like that as well, macca so I mean, he's, he's perfect well, yeah, for it, perfect. isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Adam, it's
4: worth mentioning as well, sorry, just quickly, like his output. I think he scored five goals for City and it's not to slander any of the players, but we look at someone like Grealish, who's a consistent fixture in the team. He's only scored about seven or eight, I think, in yeah. two years, consistently a play in Palmer in very, very limited game time. Already has a decent amount of stats to back up his performances as well. So it's somewhat to, you know, to think about, I think.
2: Yeah. Prem will definitely soon come because it's the only competition he's not scored in now for City. Um, uh, Adam, do you you reckon there needs to be uh, kind of one of the areas that he can improve in is uh, very, very simply and it it comes with experience, just his decision making? Because it feels sometimes like maybe it's, you, you think of, of, when the ball goes out to his flank, and when he's uh, when he gets on the ball, it maybe takes half a second longer than than uh, for other players in that position, and that's something that comes by consistently playing in the team.
4: True, true, but then. You know, like has said, I looked at Rico Lewis and he's never had that problem. So what is the standard of player required to get into this team? You've got to ask that as well. Like Rico Lewis, I think he was 17 when he made his debut mm-hmm. and he's never, ever had that issue. He's just completely in sync with the rest of the team. I think Foden was exactly the same. So, you know, it, it depends how high we, Pep wants to set the standards, I think, and how impatient or patient he wants to be. Uh, and that's all it comes down to, really. Yeah, if he plays more, I'm sure he'll pick it up. But... um, my my gut feeling for what it's worth is that come the end of the transfer window, I don't think he's going to be a yeah, I just don't yeah um
2: Maka, you mentioned Maka T as well, um obviously his future is is one that we're we're not sure about either um uh, what do you reckon to him where where do you where do you see him fitting in for for the remainder of the season? should he stay at city?
3: I've not seen enough of him i I haven't seen nothing to be to be perfectly honest, and the things that I hear kind of on the on the grapevine kind of around here when i say around here in like salford and i said before that i kind of know his dad and people know his dad and everything that pff, I, I don't know i honestly don't know again he's another one I, he might not be a sitter but yeah. i think that's another one i think it might be a loan deal yeah um i i, I, I would hope we don't sell him because not, we're not seeing enough of him
2: yeah, it's one of them where you just wonder if uh, if City can offer him the minutes that he wants because obviously the the key role he played for Sheffield United last season is he's, uh, he's going to want to play. Um oh. let's let's talk about Erling Haaland because uh, Adam it took him 3 minutes to go into uh, <laughs> top spot for this season's race for the golden boot. Um he's still top at the moment, joint top. He might stay there all season, you know. He could be the first
4: player to go to to, to enter into top spot and stay there all year. I wouldn't put it past him uh, based off of the sample size that we've had so far. He's a, bit, a little bit ridiculous. And what I've found quite funny this season, what are we three games in? The Super Cup and the Charity Shield, it's almost like he's took the piss. It's like he, he doesn't even value them as actual <laughs> games of football. And you can tell he's playing at 10%, smiling when he gets subbed off, holding up three for the trophies he have won. He's just having a bit of a laugh at the moment. And then Premier League will turn it on. Um, the goals were just... Against Burnley, we were just like scarily instinctive, weren't they? To attack that space that Rodri headed the ball across in a crowded area and connect with it was superb. And then the second one, I don't really need to elaborate on, just I don't think anyone else in the league's pulling that off. So, yeah, he's backfiring, but I didn't expect anything less, to be honest. Um, especially given the fact that it doesn't really get talked about because of how well what happened last season and the trophies he won, but I think he didn't score in the final seven games of the season, mm. something like that. So, he actually did have a little bit of a dip so you'd expect you know for him to kick into to go again and he has um but he'll have a tougher test this weekend i feel
2: yeah absolutely wild maca that that run at the end of last season is uh the worst run of his entire career is that right like, yeah it's that. mad mad <laughs> that. he didn't score in six games and that's the worst run of his career all right mate <laughs> yeah, he's showing off now um uh, what, what did you think of the way that City had been playing to him recently? Because um, at Turf Moor, there was a very... I mean, first off, at half-time, Guardiola was uh, was having a little bit of a, of a heated exchange with him about demanding the ball from Bernardo at, at, at the wrong times. Um, but then at the same time, they come out for the second half and li- literally everything was, was pinged over the top to him.
3: And it works. And, and, and I think last time I was on here, and I, was just, I, I just kept saying that we don't use him enough at times. Um, and I know it's not it's not Guardiola's thing to, get, to go direct, but oh, he's so good. Can you imagine
2: getting the best manager in the world and the best striker in the world and going, yeah, you know what, we're going to become a hoof-it team. Root one, root <laughs> one every week.
3: But at times, sometimes we do. You, I, I'm just there, just going, just give him the ball, just give him the ball. I'll just chip it over, just dink it over. And we don't at times. We don't we don't use him enough at times, but I'm obviously not complaining. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he, um obviously then for Sevilla Macca um he was he was just not in the game Sevilla was so deep and we're not we're not adventuring forward so obviously mm-hmm. that like that that ball over the in behind can only work for teams that are pressing up the pitch a little bit um, of course, yeah. and uh, and Burnley I um Haaland himself said after the Burnley game you know he was he was Expecting more teams to go man to man and step up, and I don't know if that's a bit more hope than expectation. But it, it's kind of a difficult role for him in games like Wednesday nights, where there's there's just absolutely no space, isn't it?
3: Yeah, there's no space. Yeah, if you, if you drop a deep, yeah, like you say. But but the thing is with him, which I've always said as well, is he's always doing something. He's always doing a job. He's always he's, he's playing a role. And he's keeping someone occupied, whether like it's centre half or whatever. He, he, he's doing something, and and that's why he's just such a a brilliant a brilliant player.
2: Yeah. The irony, Adam, was that uh, the one chance he probably got against Sevilla, uh, Cole Palmer comes in behind him and screams <laughs> for the ball and heads it in himself.
4: And what a header that was, by the way. It was. It, <laughs> it was a hard, hard to header. execute. Yeah, looping <laughs> ball. Um, yeah, I mean, usually with a chance like that, Parland he whip his leg in the air like he did against Dortmund or in the charity yeah. shield last year. He does that unorthodox volley. Yeah, just but dislocate um, my hip and then, you know, yeah, off we go. Yeah, as you do. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird the way that we use Haaland. I feel like we kind of, we almost use him as like a starting impact sub. So like he plays the 90 minutes, but for 70 minutes, we'll just instruct him to not do the bare minimum, but just to sort of jog around and move defenders Stand out there. of position. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, just sort of like, yeah, make the defenders scared and aware of his presence. And then for 20 minutes, he can exert himself, and that's where the hat trick comes from. That's yeah. how it kind of feels. Yeah. Come
2: on then, early, just to occupy a space. That's what we yeah. want you to do. Literally.
4: <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Um, in, in terms of uh, kind of playing to him, Adam, obviously, as, uh, as, as things went at Turf Moor, um, I want, like Macca says, I want to. There's, there's so many times where we know Edison's got the ability to to boot the ball the length of the pitch. There's so many times where we get a goal kick and he plays it short, and I'm like, you can't be offside from a goal kick. Get, get Harland on the penalty spot at the other end edison can hit him let's just see what happens
4: the ironic thing as well is that we actually used to do it more before we had Haaland. so i remember when uh, edison first signed first couple of seasons he used to lump it right to the other penalty area to uh jesus and aguero and i think second season edison was there do do you remember aguero's goal against huddersfield oh yes direct from a goal kick We, uh, we don't do it anymore i think he did it once last season Uh, Brighton at home, and lo and behold, Haaland scored because he just obliterated Webster, sent him off, sent him eating the grass. So, yeah, (laughs) so, so yeah, no, you're right, we do need to do it more. Uh, Why we don't, I don't know, but yeah, it is frustrating, I guess.
2: Yeah. Um Maka, do you think uh, obviously with with going forward for for this season we're still very very early on into the season. Um do you think we we're, we're, we're possibly going to see a different way that City try and get the ball to him for this season just based off the the way the severe game went, went the way the burnley game get, uh, went. Um like most of last season, there was there, there was kind of a little bit of confusion about whether players should release the ball or whether they shouldn't. And then in the in the last few months of the season, from about the the Forest game, it all seemed to to kind of click together. And I'm just wondering, having had that click, if if City's players are likely to be better at knowing when to play it, when not to
3: play it. No, I don't. I don't think, I don't think this is going to be any different to all the other seasons. I just think it will be like that. We'll have games like last last night wednesday where he didn't see the ball and then we'll have games like friday where we he, he got the ball when he when he wanted it and after a bit it it's just it's just one of those it's just under guardiola that's that's the way it is it's just because he just wants everything to perfection all the time mm-hmm. i think it's going to be like it's going to be a second half where in the changing room we go right okay we'll just not sit around and blah 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 but now, second half, right, give it him. So I don't think anything will change. I don't think anything will change. But yeah. that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Obviously.
2: <laughs> Let's uh, – I don't I don't know. We're either you're at two or more. I don't know if you watched the game on telly or if you were there.
3: Uh, I was watching on the telly. because I was playing yeah. cricket the next day so I didn't want to risk it
2: yeah <laughs> Okay. oh I see yeah yeah it's that bottle, that, that bottle of wine thing again isn't it yeah, um, yeah. Um, well you will have seen then uh, that Sky Sports put up a graphic during the Burnley game that said City had spent more money on their current defenders than Burnley had spent in their entire history uh, now notwithstanding the issues around undisclosed fees and inflation all of that um, I thought based on that uh, we'd play a little game it's time for a game of Does This Thing Cost More or Less Than City's Current Defence? Okay, so we've got six things. I'm, oh, I'm going to get you to pick a number each, one to six. Uh, behind He's, each one, there I'll is a thing. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the figure to beat from Sky was £424 million. Okay, so Maka, uh, off you go. Pick a number, one to six. Uh, six. Number six, okay. I want to know whether Cave K, Exuma, the most expensive private island in the Bahamas, <laughs> it's, 20, it's 220 acres, it has its own private deepwater harbour, and a landing strip as well for any aircraft, it's completely self-sufficient with all utilities underground, water, sewage, power, all that sort of stuff. Is that more or less than City's current defence of £424 million? Okay.
3: Is it more?
2: Uh, no, it's less. It's uh, it's, four, it's only it's a mere forty-seven point three million. You can have that. Really, for. that's a bargain. Absolute bargain. It's less than
4: Kyle Walker. Yeah. So, uh, so swing and a miss from Maka. Adam, over, over to you. Uh, what number did you say, Marker? Uh, you had number six. Uh, I said six. Yeah, number six. Right, I'll go with number four. Go on. Number four. Okay, St
2: Edward's Crown. The crown used to coronate the new monarchs on the British throne. Its 22-carat gold was made in 1661 for the coronation of Charles II. It features more than 400 gemstones, including six sapphires and 12 <sighs> rubies. More or less than the City's current defense. If,
4: if, if this is more than that is preposterous. I'm going less.
2: It is less. It's only 45 yeah. million. Less than the island. Yes,
4: again, a bargain.
2: Yeah, absolute bargain. So, uh, one nil to Adam. Macker, over to you.
3: <laughs> For
2: what? Uh, pick a number. Uh, one to- oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> three. Number three. Okay, the cost of the Hubble Space Telescope mission. It was launched in 1990, <laughs> but it had been in development since 1977. It has the technology to see 13.4 billion light years away. Is that more or less than City's current defence?
3: What year was that, actually? have to-
2: uh, uh, launched in, in
3: no I have to inflation, inflation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah launched
2: in 1990 but in development since 1977 uh, probably less that uh, it's actually more it's a whopping <laughs> 12.6 billion <laughs> on, can pull away yeah, yeah so <laughs> another swing and a miss Adam over to you number one Number one, okay. The total of all the high offers made to contestants on the UK version of The Chase. What, nah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> there have been uh, 2,016 episodes broadcast. 2000. So that means there's been 8,064 individual players and therefore 8,064 high offers. Is that more or less oh than Sissy's current defence?
4: Uh, 8,000, eight, oh my God. I can't, oh my God, i got to be in maths. Um, 8,000, <laughs> oh, uh, no, I'm going less.
2: It is less. Yeah. 300.6 million was the uh, was the total outlay there. That was uh, that. 124 million less I'd than still the, the city's current defence. Two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. There we go. Maka, number two. Okay. Uh, this one is Dolly Parton's Net Worth. She's sold more than 100 million albums, and her most famous hits are 9 to 5, and she also uh, had a hit with uh, I Will Always Love You. Obviously, not uh, most famously sung by her, but uh, that is one of hers more Uh, that is more 511 million pounds there you go Uh, so adam that leaves you with my favorite one of the lot one billion freddos bought at the price charged (laughs) by tesco at portwood in stockport each one of them is 18 grams per chocolate of chocolate per bar Uh, when they were relaunched in 1990 they were priced at 10p but not anymore
4: billion freddos yeah (laughs) yeah that's more it's not. It's no. less. Yeah, oh. yeah. They're only twenty five p each,
2: so that means that, a, that, that they are a mere two hundred and fifty million pounds for, oh uh, for for one billion Freddos.
4: God, that would have been better value than Grealish, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: no, I mean, I'm, I'm not one to talk about value of chocolate. I uh, I absolutely love the stuff, but there we go. Um, I've lost out the score, but I don't care. Uh, just want to have a bit of it's fun. Draw. So let's call it a draw. No, I, no, I think I think, I think two, Adam one. won,
4: but uh, yeah. you're go taking on. that and running. Yeah. Are we doing that every are we doing that every time this season with every every team?
2: Uh, we should actually, shouldn't or we? To, a yeah. midfield
4: and a tap. We should yeah, we should make we sh- it a thing.
2: We should do uh, that. I
3: like that. I like
2: <laughs> uh, I've gone all giddy you now. <laughs>
1: and under every manager, just go to statcity.co.uk and browse away. That's statcity.co.uk. You can listen to the show ad-free by joining our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Podcast.
2: Let's get back to some sensible stuff. Um, Adam, uh, Kevin De Bruyne's injury we've uh, we've heard this week is uh, looks like it's going to be a lot more serious than uh, previously thought. Uh, the City are probably going to be without him for a, a couple of months. Uh, what do you make of the entire situation?
4: Uh, let's look at the positive, shall we? We've won the league in his absence before. That's positive one. 18-19, uh, I think he played like four games in the league, something like that. Uh, so we can do it. It's just that we have a thinner squad this time. Uh, however... There is going to be people coming through the door. So I just think I think the only I was thinking about this the other day. I think the only injury that will seriously set us back uh, in respect to our competition this year is probably Rodri, just because I don't think the club trusts Phillips given Well, given that that he's not played in the community shield
2: or the Super Cup. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Like, so I think Rodri's the only and my worry is that Rodri actually will get injured because of Phillips because like, he has to play every game so that's my only concern but I think Pep always has a workaround you know I think the blessing in disguise last season everyone was flapping when Cancelo left because uh, of how big an asset he was to us and Pep found a workaround and we suddenly became better so There's actually been an argument at times, uh, not one that I subscribe to, but that we actually are a better team in some respects when De Bruyne is out and Bernardo plays through the middle, um, particularly when it used to be David Silva and Bernardo as like the uh, number eight. So although he is our best player, I don't think it's the end of the world because we've got other people coming in and we've got the best manager in the world. So let's stay calm is my take.
2: You happy clapper, all right. Um, the, the thing is, Macker, it's, it's it's very easy to be wise after the event and say that he shouldn't have played in preseason, or he shouldn't have started the game against Burnley, or, or whatever after the after going off in the Champions League final. Um, but at the same time, like he knows his body, and if he didn't feel ready, he would have said so. Surely,
3: yeah, you would have thought so. And I, I don't disagree with anything that Adam just said there. Because uh, thinking about it before, um, and <laughs> I mean. Like you said, the, the one is Rodri. I mean, we've been very, very, very lucky that Rodri's not missed any games, really, has he? And he's been, I mean, he's so good. And he's just, he's, hes not got injured. And if he does get injured, yeah, all right. We're, we're struggling a little bit. But um, the other thing is well, Foden can step in for De Bruyne in the middle. Silva can step in. Um, yeah, but does does that get a little bit fraught,
2: though, if they're already at breaking point for having to play elsewhere? If the squad is so small,
3: um, I, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I think my, my own, like I say, my own, my only issue is if if Rodri doesn't play, um, because then we, we're talking about Phillips. So, I mean, I, don't, I don't know. What I think the
4: good thing with Foden is he wants to play in the middle anyway. Yeah, so it might open that up for him. That's yeah. one way of looking at it. Uh, but the
3: other thing, the other thing is as well with Phillips. Is he that bad?
4: Really? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. That's the thing. <laughs> no know. Yeah.
3: But that's the that, that thing. He, he, he's been very, very good for England. Um, he had a very poor game when he came on for us against Leicester. Um, but other than that, I don't think he's a bad footballer. But I think people just written him off. And but obviously pepsi's sees him day in, day out, and doesn't seem to trust him. Yeah. So, well, he, be a he for more that, about football it? than yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But uh, I don't know, and, and I want the lad to, to be good because he's he's a good lad, and, and obviously, like I say, watched him playing for England. He's he's up, he's, he's never let England down. So, but there you go. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, I want to go back uh, a bit further in the field and uh, and talk about Edison as well, Maka, because um, <laughs> I think I think he deserves a little bit of, of focus on him after this week because um, against Burnley he was playing as a centre back at times uh, where he was just stepping into the into the back three or four or whatever whoever was playing in that back line um, and then just holding onto the ball until until Burnley came and, and pressed him. Um, and as much as his patience tempts them out, and then offers different passes around, and the ball over the top for Harland, um, I don't know about you, but my heart goes into my mouth
3: sometimes. He's been brilliant now since the back end of last season, and well, I know we're only a couple of games in, but he's been absolutely brilliant. Because my biggest, my biggest complaint about him, my biggest, was he wasn't making saves, and he's now making saves, yeah. and he's been pretty much fault, faultless for. Back in the last season, was, was brilliant in the in the Champions League final, um, was brilliant in, in in the games leading up to that as well. And then he he started off the season the same way. So no, I'm 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 very, very happy with him now. Very yeah.
2: Adam, that one uh, just after Cole Palmer had scored against Sevilla I mean, first off, like the old the old cliche of you're never more vulnerable than when you've just scored came into play because suddenly Sevilla with through and and clean through one on one with him, um, and he just stands up well, makes the block and then die and pounces on the ball and like that's that feels like the sort of save that even six months ago he probably wouldn't make.
4: Yeah, I always used to say, uh, and I mean, I've not rated David de Gea for maybe a decade since, <laughs> I, was in, since I was Yeah, since I was new. <laughs> Um, but what I did always used to say that De Gea did that Edison never did was use his feet to save. And what he seems to have done in the last, like you know, like Max said, tail end of last season, maybe the turn of the year. If you actually pay attention on one on ones now, he he makes his body from like his waist okay. down a lot bigger. Yeah, uh, uses his legs, um, and it you know it closes the angle so much more when you're going one on one. There were so many shots that used to go past him where he's, I don't know, he just he he just makes himself seem too diminutive or his positioning's a bit off. Um but he's really ironed that out. And then in terms of his general on you know play on the ball, I've just been desensitised to that for years. I think <laughs> since, he, since 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 we played Liverpool two years ago and Jota closed him down at had, <laughs> I, on it. I think it was some adrenaline induced shock that just kicked in. Like I've never quite recovered from that now to the point where I don't feel anything. So yeah he's he's probably I think this year's probably been the best that he's played in since the Centurions maybe I'd go as far as saying that uh and also you know you look at how long a keeper can go on for how old is 31 something uh i don't even know he might be younger than that um maybe but i think he's got many years left as our number one yeah
2: I, um, the weird story though this week, Maka, with um, uh, Stefan Ortega being linked to, to Bayern Munich and then it, like the latest on that is that it looks like it's probably not going to happen. Um, but I'm just wondering how much of Ortega has has, has been a, a, a driving factor in Edison's form because Ortega, when he's come in, I mean, again, we've not seen a huge amount of him, but when he's come in, he's looked a step above the, the second keepers that City have had previously.
3: He's been absolutely brilliant. He's been absolutely brilliant and and, and he's never, never let us down. Oh, well, what was it? <clears throat> was it the Southampton?
4: Southampton away, yeah. yeah he was just he was off his ball. He?
3: He, he had a bad game at, that day, but other than that, it's been absolutely amazing. Yeah, and like you say, maybe that's like pushed pushed him on on a daily basis in, in training and, and in maybe thinking, well, oh, buddy, I need to kind of up my game here. But, yeah, there's um, a number two who
2: might actually be a number one, yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, he'd walk into any side, wouldn't he? Really? You would have yeah. thought. Yeah, would be walking nice. Walk into United. United.
2: Well, yeah, but so would I, let's be honest. Um, and <laughs> <I'm> me. <laughs> <laughs> have you been on the pitch, Macker? Can you, can you reach the crossbar? Oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry.
5: <laughs>
4: um, and Lysandra at the back. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm told I it. Yeah. It would be nice, though, Adam, wouldn't it, if uh, every now and then Edison saved a penalty. Uh, It's 43 (laughs) his face now for City, uh, including shootouts. He saved five of them, which feels a little bit low as a
4: percentage. I, I couldn't name you one. Genuinely. Has he saved a penalty at City? He
2: has. Uh, most in, in open of them, play? Mo- most of them... sit. Well, no, it's a penalty. It's not open oh, play, of course. The, oh, um, well, no, I meant like in the 90 minutes.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, he, sa- he saved from uh, Dries Mertens against Napoli oh, okay. um, in 2017, and uh, Luka Milojovic, uh for Palace. Um, yes, he did. Same uh, in, season. Same season. Yeah. And then later in that season as well, uh, from Abamyang at the Emirates, Um in it was the 3 0 in the snow at the Emirates after the League Cup final when none of the Arsenal fans turned game. up, yeah. Um, and City great. scored the gra- City would have scored the greatest, most like most beautiful goal ever had Leroy Sane not scuffed the finish. Exactly. Um, yeah.
3: I, I say that <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah,
2: absolutely ruined it. Um, he then saved uh, in the penalty shootout against Chelsea in the League Cup final uh, from the 0-0. In the 0-0, that was from Jorginho and then he saved on um, the behind-closed-doors final game when we said goodbye to Aguero. We saved uh, one of the... Ever- Everton had a penalty that day and he saved that as well.
4: So th- those are the five That's not a great record is it when and considering the fact i could probably name about 10 that Hart saved you know it's it's not like and he's been here probably the same amount of time as our number one now so yeah it's not ideal but uh how often the thing is we've got such a good back like we, we don't really give away penalties very often and we also rarely find ourselves in penalty shootouts so like i've never i've, I've always felt that the problem with city and penalties is more to do with the taking of them than the saving of them. Well, uh, they scored 5, it's always... scored 5 on yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I don't... look the, wait, the other day was wait. an anomaly. I'm just talking generally, <laughs> you know. Um yeah, I've I've always felt that the taking's been the the worst part. But yeah, it would be nice for him to just uh you know, he's he's bucked up in terms of saving one-on-ones. He can now he can now focus on that maybe. Maybe oh, bring thanks. Caballero yeah. back to as, teach as a goal,
3: him as a goalkeeper moons. Well, would you well, on some so. There's
2: one. There's one penalty, and one of the severe players did it um, on Wednesday night. And there's one penalty that I always think I can save, and that is, you know, when a player starts with a straight run up, but then yeah. before they start the run up, they step to one side. Yeah, they they like ninety percent of the time, I'm almost like I would always go. To the uh, opposite corner from uh, the side that they've gone to, that, that they've stepped to. So if they're a right-footer and they step to the uh, to the left to open the body up, they're probably going to go to uh, their right it's and the keeper's left. That, yeah, yeah. yeah, because yeah. that that just seems to be the easiest finish. And that, then there's a couple the of severe players did it, and I'm just like, I'm, like just. Just go that way. That's that seems to be the easiest way to finish when you've when you've done that run up. It might be complete bollocks. I don't know. What
4: I find interesting <laughs> is like what well, I can't remember what game it was uh, last season. And it was it was Everton Leicester at uh, the King Power, but like Pickford had like Madison's penalty where he goes with his penalties on his water bottle. I've never seen that at City. You know, like research done and physically given to a keeper for a shootout on like where players go on where the rubbish penalty is kicked. I don't know if we. I'm sure we do, but. Uh, I wonder you if know, we only do it for
2: important shootouts rather yeah, than like the league, the, but like the uh, the Super Cup and, uh, yeah. and the Community Shield. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I just are we joking about the penalties, Maka? But in all seriousness, it does feel like maybe City have turned a little bit of a corner with the, with those penalties on Wednesday night. I mean, there was there was a couple of crackers in there. I don't
3: know, but we don't know, do we? It, it could be the next one. You just don't know. I mean, I, I mean, we were lucky with it. We Kyle walkers, weren't we? I mean, that yes. was. That was very lucky. In another day, that's that saved and we probably we'd probably lose. So, yeah, I, I won't, I won't, I'm not going to say that we'd we, we turn the card on that, to be honest.
2: <laughs> I just waited Edison to take one because Guardiola said a couple of years ago that he
3: was the best taker at the club. Swat it. Pitch.
2: Yeah, and I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, like, Guardiola said he was the best taker at the club, and then we've never seen it. And like In open play, I get it, because if he misses, he's got to run the length of the pitch back and there's an open yeah. goal. But in a shootout, nothing riding on it go for it you know get the one of the, best, the, one right. of
3: the best one of the best penalty take um penalty takers i've ever seen in my life with julian Dix at, at west Ham and all he did is just twied it yeah so like you say he, he doesn't have to run up to the other end just, just put your foot through it and that's it
2: yeah promise you um one of the best Pen- best goalkeeper penalties I've seen. Uh, Joe Hart. Uh, no, Nicky Weaver. <laughs> look at look for a, for Sheffield United, uh, Sheffield Wednesday against uh, Chesterfield in uh, whatever, the, yeah, yeah. whatever the <laughs> whatever the competition is in the, in the lower leagues. Um, and he didn't realise that he was due to take one uh, because everyone else would. He, he was just like trying to make the save, moving off to the side, trying to make the save, move off to the side. And then nobody stepped forward and all the lads were like, Weaves, it's you. It's, like, it's, it's you. And he was like, oh God, what do I do? And he decided to just take a goal kick, but keep his head down and hopefully it would stay low. And honestly, like if the net wasn't there, he'd have killed somebody in the corner uh, It just, like he hit it that hard. It was incredible. Go and like, Go and have a look on YouTube. It's brilliant. Um, right, well, uh, it's time for talk now about the Newcastle game. Let's begin by getting a view from St James's Park. I've been speaking to Taylor Payne from the pod on the Tyne to find out about how their squad is shaping up for this season and their hopes for the new term.
5: I think everybody was saying this in the pub beforehand as well. We went for a quick drink before the game and everyone was saying, could be cagey today, could be a close one. You know, they're a really good team. You know, it depends who's uh, who's had a better pre-season, where the fitness levels are at, who's got more players missing, all that kind of stuff, you know. And I don't think anybody saw that coming. Um it was, we just, we, we're so quick out of the traps in games these days. I think it's something that Eddie must have drilled into them of, you know, we start fast and, and we go like the clabbers until, you know, we, we need a break and then we'll sit off for a little bit. Um, and they do it all the time, mainly at home. I mean, when we play at home, it might be different when we play City, but uh, yeah, it's... It was astonishing. It was great, great to watch. Lovely to see uh, Tenali, uh playing the way he did as well. Which was the other topic of the conversation the pub beforehand was, how long is it going to take him to adjust English football? Uh, and the answer was six minutes. Was
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, what was so good about it? Why? Why did it work so well? I mean, when you look at, at last season, obviously you, were, you you improved a lot last season on the year before, and you know there's the, there's a the potential to to improve again this year. Um, yeah. How how's that improvement going? What what made it so good at the weekend?
5: I think the big thing I took away from when Villa beat us towards the end of last season was was we were basically bullied at Villa Park, and they they were more physical than us. They were they were more intense than us, and and I just don't think we allowed them to get anywhere near the ball. And so on on uh, on Saturday, it was you know all of our physically sort of. Dominant players, people like Linton and uh, and Dan Byrne were just getting stuck in, and they were they were doing what they needed to do. And I know it's a bit of a sort of hackneyed old cliche of get stuck in from the first whistle, but that, that kind of what it, it's kind of what it was. You know, they, we pressed them hard, um, and I mean, unfortunately, Tyrone Mings got that horrible injury and had to go off, and and after that, Villa just didn't look didn't look like the same team. They they pretty much folded straight away after that.
2: Yeah, um, you've mentioned uh, Tenali there already. Uh, let's yeah. have a, a quick look at, uh, at the summer signings because, I mean, let, let's start with him because he he seems like a bit of a character anyway. He's had the tour in Newcastle last night. Did he did he book a table in Weatherspoons? <laughs> did I say
5: somebody spotted a, a reserved sign on a Weatherspoons table and it had reserved for Tenali, and obviously someone thought it was a piss take, uh, and then about forty minutes later he showed up. <laughs>
2: I love stuff like
5: that. <laughs> I, I want to know what he had. Do you think he went for gammon and pineapple and <laughs> a, a shot of Messerschmitt Schmidt uh, or something like that? I don't know, but fantastic! Hey, yeah. fair play to the lad. Get stuck in, man.
2: What was he like? So off the pitch, we know he's a bit of a card. What? So what was he like on it?
5: Um, he just looked like he had an advanced script of the of the game. You know, he, he he always had space. He always wanted the ball. He always did something good with it when he got it. He he plays. Simple pass as well, but he does it in a way that it takes the pressure off the rest of the players around him. You know, um, a couple of little times he was he was interacting with the fullbacks and and dropping little balls in and just stepping off a few yards away from whoever was around him and giving himself that space and that time. You know, and and you know we all say about the best players, it always looks like they've got. Hours on the ball when in fact they haven't and that was exactly the case with him on on Saturday he looked like he'd been doing it for years you know it didn't look you would if you if you were to look at every single player on that game and you didn't know who was playing in the Premier League for the first time i don't think you could have picked him out
2: yeah, uh, just looking at some of the other players that you brought in I think harvey Barnes uh is uh, is a good capture. yeah um what 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 you make of uh, of how he'll fit in
5: I mean again, I think he looks like he's played for us for the last two two or so years, but I think that's you know he's he he's obviously been sort of taught how to play a certain way at Leicester, um, and he he loves cutting in on that right foot and one twos and stuff like that. And and Eddie, I hope you know Eddie does some great work with him. And but he's, there's already a great player there. It looks like I, his sort of finishing instinct, his his goal scorer's instinct, was was what has impressed me the most. <clears throat> Two finishes in the um, the Salah Cup. Uh, uh, in a in a friendly game where he he didn't even look at the goal he just hit it and it was in and the same on uh, the same on saturday against villa he, he got that chance and and I never for a second thought he was going to miss um whereas in the past if that chance had fallen to say Alan St. Maximan anything could have happened and I mean literally anything you know so I, I think he might just be a little bit more consistent and a little bit more the kind of player that Eddie Howe wants to wants to play in that position yeah.
2: Now uh, a couple of other players came in. Uh, Livermore and uh, and uh, Minte. Am I saying that right? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know much about him. Uh, yeah.
5: What- not an awful lot about him either, to be honest. I know he's gone straight back on loan, hasn't he? He's gone to is it Firenord? He's gone to or somewhere? I can't exactly remember, David. To be honest,
2: yeah, I've um, just I've just seen on your Wikipedia page it is Firenord, yeah.
5: <laughs> it is. Oh well, there you go. That, that name was there somewhere in the back of my head. Um, Liveramento is an interesting one. He's been injured for most of last season, but he's you know he's he was hailed as one of the most promising young fullbacks in the country for a for a while, and he and he had a great season at Southampton when he broke out. Um, his stock rose dramatically and then obviously had that horrible injury Uh, but he's come back he looks strong Um, again he's the type of player that Eddie can mould however he wants him to play you know and uh, he's good at going forward and he'll learn an awful lot from Kieran Trippier as well who's just the model pro you know he's he's arguably the most most important signing we've made since the takeover Um, and and Livermanto playing as a a deputy to him I, I don't have a problem with that at all
2: yeah, and I was gonna say when you look at, at the squad as a whole, um, it feels very much like um and I, I I hate making the comparisons because of the takeover, but it feels like very much early stage city back in the back in the kind of yeah. like late, late 2009, 10, 11, sort of that era. Yeah, yeah. Um so I mean when you when you when you look at the aims and objectives for this season, what, what are you hoping to see?
5: Um it's gonna be really difficult to to match what we did last year, and I think last year was a massive uh a massive bonus getting to a cup final, getting in the Champions League. I think the majority of us said last year top ten would be, would be reasonable. You know, would be would be reasonable to expect that. Um, but this season, my God, I don't know. I mean, I, I would expect us to drop a drop a couple of places in the league. Maybe anything from seventh up, I would be more than happy with um, if we had a good run in the cups. And if we could make it out the out the group stages and the knockouts in the Champions League, I mean, my God, that would be that would be brilliant. Um, yeah.
2: You must be excited I, about Champions League football oh, back as well.
5: Absolutely. I mean, I don't think we're particularly well fancied, but it, it might be that you know some of these lads really step their game up and and and, and go for it. Um, and we have got a lot of players who've played in the Champions League before. There, Kieran Trippier, Tenali, uh, Alexander Isak. You know, a lot of these players have already played in the, in the Champions League, so they know what it's all about um it'll be interesting to see how they manage the the fixture congestion and all that um with what i don't think yet is a perfect squad we're not far away from having really good depth in nearly nearly every position but i think we're still probably a right-sided centre back and a left back away from thinking well actually we've we've got a good second eleven there as well as a good first eleven you know
2: yeah. Um, now let's uh, take a look at the game at weekend because uh, yeah. the Etihad has not exactly been a happy hunting ground for you down the years. <laughs> no, <definitely> um, <laughs> well, Well what, what, what do you see for this one? Because uh, obviously, the, you know, City are still in their early season sort of, you know, getting themselves up to speed. They're, they're in that, that phase of not quite at tip-top level. They've got a couple of injuries as well. Um, you guys seem to have come out of the traps absolutely flying. So uh, what, what do you expect for the weekend?
5: Yeah. Um- to be honest, if I, and I don't really sort of subscribe to this sort of thing, but if there was a good time to play City, it's early in the season. If I had to choose a point of when to play City, it would be early in the season. We played you early in the season last year. And it was probably one of the best games of football that St James's Park's ever seen, to be honest. Caused us no ends
2: of problems, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
5: it was great, you know. And some Max Mann was turning John Stones inside out and uh and, and Joel Linton was bullying in the midfield and Harry and and Bruno looked sharp and it was and Callum Wilson as well in front of goal looked great. I don't know, but that was at St James's Park, and this isn't. So it I, I never expect us to get anything when we go to City, and especially because you've got the fucking Predator playing up front <laughs> for you. You know, like, what? what? <laughs> it's just ridiculous, isn't he? So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I would be happy with a draw. I'd be happy if we came away with a draw, but I can't ever see us getting anything at City. Never, never see us getting any points, really.
2: Yeah, if uh, I mean, if 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 that were to happen, and you were to uh, to to actually take anything from the game, uh, what will be? What would the thing that does it for you? Where where are you strongest at the moment? Do you think?
5: Um, I, th- I think the intensity, the pressing. Um, the problem with City is if you if you press them in the wrong way, they just play through you. They just play through you, and they're that good at it. You know, Guardiola knows exactly what he's doing where that's concerned they will just play through you and make you look silly so you have to do it in the right way um i don't think it'll be anywhere near as intense as it was against villa on saturday i think he'll he might go early and have a little sniff and see what it, what it feels like eddie and say mm, maybe maybe there is a chance here uh, but i think we'll probably sit off a little bit and it won't be anywhere near as intense if we are going to score um that man alexander Izak is 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 our prime threat at the moment and Anthony Gordon's playing well. Miggie Armouron on the wings. You know, if they can get the ball into the box to Isaac, I, you know, I think he could finish any chance that comes his way uh, on his day. So, yeah, I think if the goals are going to come, that's where they'll come from.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, we got the charity back coming up a bit later on, Taylor. So um, let's have your score prediction. We'll put it on that. What's uh, What are you going for?
5: Uh, let's go for the same as last year. Um, what was it? Oh, was 3-3, three, three, wasn't it, last year? Let's not be that mad. Let's go 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> each.
1: This is the Blue Moon Podcast, and we're very sorry about that.
2: That was Taylor Payne speaking to me. Um, Macca, I sense this one might
3: be a bit of a tricky one, you know? Well, it will be. I mean, they were very, very, very good last, last week, and... They're just a good side, so so yeah, it will be uh, hopefully a good game. There's rarely any games with Newcastle that are, that are poor, to be honest, in in history, isn't it? So uh, so yeah, so no, looking forward to it.
4: Yeah, I just think it's going to be a slog this one. I cannot see it going any other way. Uh, We'll come to the predictions later, which I've come for a positive one in the end. But yeah, I'll like I'll I, do that. yeah, you have to, don't you? But uh, they, for me, maybe bar us, I think they're probably they are the best defensive side in the league. The way Howe sets them up, um, and now they've also bolstered it with an improved attack. I'm uh, midfield with Tonali as well. who's very, very capable. So I think the, I just said that we'll be fine in De Bruyne's absence, but I think we're really going to miss him in a game like this where we need against a deep block. We need someone to unlock you know, even just like one of those balls in and a Haaland head or something like that, uh, it's going to be harder to come by. uh, And we don't have the reinforcements in over the line ready to play yet. So I think it could be a tricky one Mm. uh, and one where I think a goal early on will really, really do us good because I think the longer it goes on, The more you're going to be looking at, like, either them hitting us on the break. I think, I think Ezap for Newcastle's the most underrated attacker in the league. He's so, so good. Uh, Harvey Barnes, I've always rated Wilson's a good striker. So, on the break, they're going to be a a real threat. So, yeah, I'm actually a little bit, uh, and City always early on in the season, they always have like a draw at home or something like that, like a drop points game at home. I think it was Brentford last year. I remember Everton in the Centurion season. So, not to be doom and gloom, but my head thinks this is going to be tricky.
2: Yeah, I'm, I, it's interesting you you thought that though, because um, like my gut instinct, and it's it's just purely from looking at Newcastle from the outside, is like you were talking about Eddie Howe being well drilled and, and Newcastle being able to to kind of sit in deep and frustrate. I got the sense that they might be a team that could be baited up the pitch in the same way that Burnley were. Do you not? Do, do you not fancy that?
4: possibly but i think you know with burnley you've got to consider the fact that it's a new team that companies assembled who are newly promoted how has had 18 Mm. months with them now and got them in the top four they're a lot more disciplined than burnley will be at this point in their development um and they do have a better squad than burnley so possibly but i giving my honest answer i don't think they'll be that that naive
2: yeah i i I remember a few years ago maca that um uh, it was it was the game after we got we we got dumped out of the Champions League by Real Madrid in that horrid horrid last minute double goal <laughs> thing. Um, we played Newcastle at the Etihad, and Eddie Howe used it as an opportunity to see where his Newcastle team were, and he he, he just tried to play City at their own game, and City took him apart. And the year after, he like it was a two 0 win, but it was a really really tricky and frustrating game that 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 City played. Uh, that Newcastle played, sorry. And I, I just wonder like, where the balance might be for Eddie Howe at the moment. Because, again, it's early in the season. He could look at this as a little bit of a free hit and go, let's see where we're at. I don't know.
3: Yeah, totally. And and um, what Adam said is, is completely right. And I, I don't think they're far away from really, really challenging. I don't know what Adam thinks, but I, I just think they're a really, really good side. <laughs> they've, yeah. got a, they've got a great squad. They've bought well. And they're... they're yeah I, I I can honestly see them winning the Premier League in five years time. Yeah.
4: yeah. If not they're, before. The world class talent away from winning it I think. Yeah. yeah, That's what they need now. They need that dynamite the X factor players is what they need now and then yeah they can Wednesday's Aguero yeah. Yeah basically.
2: Yeah, Amaka. Um, who do you think slots into uh, De Bruyne's place for this one? Because uh, as we talked about earlier, fans have been crying out for Foden centrally. Uh, Alvarez has been um, Guardiola's pick there recently. Um, maybe not as many options on the wing if Foden does move inside. I don't know what, How do you see it? Kind of. I'd always, say, in at the
3: I'd, I'd always say folded. I'd always say folded, and then work around that. Yeah, um, I think he's been underused in the middle. He's such a good footballer. And as we all know, but yeah, just, just put him in there. He'll be, he's not out of place. It's not like we've not got lads who can play out wide. So yeah.
4: Yeah. If it was my... I, what do I think he's got I actually think he's going to go with because Bernardo got a full rest so Bernardo's definitely starting I think he's giving him a full rest because he's going to play in the middle that's just my gut feeling I think he's probably going to go he's going to try and stretch the pitch and put Grealish and Foden right and left I think yeah. and just try and stretch them out as much as possible to give Harland a bit of leeway Uh and then Bernardo, because you know their midfield now is it Tenali Joe Linton can just run his socks off every game. He doesn't stop, and he's like six foot four and massive. So <laughs> you, you might just you might just need a bit like it's going to be Rodri Kovacic and, and Bernardo, I think. Yeah, uh, need that and then steel go, in the middle. Yeah. yeah, and then just go from there. Uh, but I I do think it's going to be difficult. We'll yeah. see.
1: Ad-free episodes are available on Patreon. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash blue moon podcast.
2: Um, Adam, you mentioned Bernardo, obviously. Um, appears to have signed, or well, appears to have agreed a contract this week. been yes. signed. Hopefully that comes soon. Um, it, it's, it's an interesting conclusion to a, a, a situation where a player has wanted to
4: leave for so long that he's actually got a contract extension. Well, yeah, I've... So I've said it for so long, he's wanted to leave so long but this is how it goes, he goes uh, every summer end of the season, he goes, Pep, uh, I'd like to leave and then Pep goes, alright mate, uh, 120 million and they will let you go and then no one pays it and then he goes, alright boss one more year of slave labour, come on, say. and then that's basically it, but I think now what he's got to contend with is he's got married, he's got a kid on the way Uh, And he's probably thinking now, how many years at the top have I got left? Three or four? Is it really worth uprooting my entire life because I don't like overcast weather? Like, that's probably (laughs) what he's thought about. So, you know, yeah, I I just feel like now he's going to be a player who ends up having a testimonial at the club and we will all be singing his praises for years to come. Um, And that's the way it's been. And also, like, furthermore, when I was at the club, there was murmurings in the second year anyway that he was open in my last year, so 21-22, that he was open to sign a contract back then, but he was just sort of assessing his options. So I think it's always its not like he's ever kicked up a fuss and gone like you know, Sane did, for instance. Right? It's like I want to leave the club. It's always been like he's had his options open, and you know, it's kind of like he's just left university and he's just exploring what it is he wants to do. <laughs> like that's kind of kind of what it's like for him. So is it just yeah.
3: that, that he wants to on his back?
4: Is that is that? Better? Yeah. From well. I used to go out with one of his ex-girlfriends, so I knew him oh, quite well. Right, so all right. <laughs> all right. I did, so... So, not so, out I, here, isn't it? <laughs> so I heard, uh, I heard, like, mm-hmm. a few things behind, like, closed doors of why he, he, basically, he sees Manchester as, like, what we'd see, like, living in Russia. That's kind of how he sees
5: it. <laughs> but it's just like,
4: there, there is just zero sun. So he gets one month a year of enjoyment and, and dopamine, and then the rest is just depressing for him. That's kind of how he sees it. But, we're, uh, well, are we're not rich enough to
2: build it? him his own microclimate <laughs>
4: just, just like a greenhouse that he just yeah. sits in.
3: <laughs> yeah, the <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, academy. For, uh, for him. I guess uh, there is the other side of it is that um, you know if it's been a case of you know go and go and bring us this offer and go and bring us this offer every summer and nobody's paid it. There is also the element of one. He's now got. If he signs, assuming he signs this deal, he's got security that you know he, he knows where he's playing his football. He's not going to end up in a in a situation of being out of contract and no club wanting him, or no club being able to afford his wages or anything like that. And at the same time, if a, it, it, it probably puts into writing, there's probably a release clause in there that puts into writing just how much a club needs to pay.
3: Well, yeah, but also just—I mean—how good is he? I mean, I, I know it's a cliche and saying, "Oh, this will be the best the best sign of the the <laughs> the summer, whatever." But he's just so good. He's just so good, isn't he? And just—and
2: um, the of that, the of that, we've lost um, Gundogan and Mares as well. You don't also want to lose Bernardo in that.
3: No, just keep him Walker. Just keep him Walker in him. Honestly, I'm happy.
4: Yeah, I think he's I, the I only player. He's the only player like that I think Pep thinks is truly irreplaceable. Like the other ones, I think he sees, even De Bruyne, I think he'd always see a workaround for it. But Bernardo, I think in the back of his head, he'd think, shit, there really is no one else like this guy. You know, yeah, anyway. uh, it's, it's, it's one of them.
3: I totally agree.
4: Yeah,
2: I don't know if you remember that. Remember that Liverpool game uh, in uh, eighteen nineteen in the January. Uh, De Bruyne was injured and Bernardo played in that one. And like the 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 amount of running he did in that oh. first hour, I'm almost certain Guardiola said to him, "Listen, give us an hour of that, and then you know we'll take you off, and Kevin will come on, and everything will be fine." And then he gets to the hour mark, and, and, and Guardiola's on the touchline going, "Look, ten, ten more minutes, just <laughs> ten more minutes of that." And then we, we get to seventeen, he's like, 5 minutes, just five minutes more, Bernardo." And then he kind of like gets stretched off at the end on oxygen because he's. <laughs> do he can do, he can, he
3: can do he can literally do everything yeah can't he yeah he can play in any any position in front of the the, the back four he, he just works his bollocks off he's just he's, he's the ideal kind of fans player in he he's just he's just amazing yeah, Absolutely I think I think,
2: I hear as well that actually in all of this, he's developed quite a, quite a taste for long sight. I, you know, he's, uh, he's <laughs> quite happy around long sight. So that could have been the, the decisive factor in the end. Yeah. Um, uh, Maka, let's turn our attention to uh, the back end of the pitch, because uh, as good as City have been, uh, well, as good as City were against Burnley and less to a lesser extent against Sevilla, um, there were rocky spells at times in both of those games. I'm wondering now that Stone well, I don't we don't know about Stones. He could be he could be uh, injured with his uh, with his hamstring. Uh, but Diaz should be available again after concussion. Uh, does he come straight back in for you?
3: Well if it's available, yeah. Yeah. But um but well yeah, it just uh, in terms of our in terms of our battle, let's talk about battle for Laporte. Laporte What what's the latest with Laporte? He's uh, gone,
2: isn't
3: he?
4: Yeah, he's got to be going, surely. It's,
3: well, well, yeah, but I, I can't believe he's going to Saudi Arabia.
4: It's a shame that no one wants him who he's, he's deserving of. Because Yeah, I'm looking at him. like He's always had a bit of a mistake in him, but he's one of the best centre-hours we've ever had, and he's not really dropped off. It don't make much sense to me how we can't command at least 30 mil for him oh, and yeah. how someone wouldn't pay that. Considering West Ham right, have just bid 30 million for Maguire, allegedly, and we've got this bloke sitting there, and we're accepting 16 for him. If that's you know uh, said to be true, don't make any sense to me. But,
3: is it? Yeah. Is it? Is it that we would not sell to anyone in the Premier League?
4: Sure, you know. I mean, but we sold we, 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 Yeah,
2: but all, all at the I same know, time, know, we sold I mean? Jesus and, and Zinchenko to a team that would turn out to be the closest challengers last season. Yeah,
4: Well,
3: that's why I'm worried. Well, not worried, but that's why I'm thinking. Well, we're not going to sell to anyone else, but. um yeah, but it's it's Laporte is he could walk into any side, any side. is his quality. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Right, well, uh, let's get some predictions on the board for this uh, this one. Uh, no wins on the charity bet from the last show, so we remain on £65 for the season so far. William Hill is giving us three correct score singles. We're giving the winnings to the Man City Fans Food Bank support group. They'll be back outside the Etihad on Saturday evening, giving up their time ahead of the Newcastle game to collect donations for Manchester Central Food Bank. They'll be under the bridge opposite Asda between 5.30 and 7.30 PM, so go and see them with a donation if you can. Uh, we've already heard from Taylor that he's gone for a 2 all draw. That's 14 14- one and 140 pounds if he's right Adam what you having for this one 2-1 Blues 2-1 City is 15 to 2 and 75 pounds if you're right Maka 3-1 City Tricky game, but you're going for 3-1 nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, it's To be fair, 3-1 is the score that wins most often on the charity bet, so it's always oh. good to have it covered. 12-1, um, to one if you're right, £120 there. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, you've got to be 18 or over to gamble. Prices can change, and please gamble responsibly. To find out more about responsible gambling, then take a look at begambleaware.org. Uh, Now then, last year Rico Lewis was one of the standout performers to the point where it feels perfectly normal now for him to be named in the starting lineup for the opening game of the season. I've been speaking to our EDS expert Sean Blinkhorn about the young players on the Asia Tour this year and where their futures may lie starting with more reaction to how Lewis is getting on.
0: So I have been thinking about when I came on last year, no, that's a lie. I, I was reading my notes from from when I came on last year. Um, I could never remembered otherwise. <laughs> and we did. We spoke about Rico Lewis then, and it wasn't the first time. I think he was like um, what you'd say like the winner of pre season, so to speak. He was. I think he was performing quite well, if I remember rightly, last summer. Obviously, then you go into the new season thinking, oh, could he get a chance? And usually, the, the answer is no. No, he couldn't get a chance but this time was very, very different. 23 appearances, senior appearances for for Rico with his one goal in the Champions League. And obviously he's played his part and won the three major trophies. Even to the point where, where Guardiola's waxing lyrical at so at one point, he's saying like, "Oh, we couldn't have played, you know, the, the season wouldn't have gone how it did without Rico Lewis or something." He said, didn't "Yeah, he?
2: well, it was and about this, it was about the system, wasn't it? It was about yeah, the idea the we can't play yeah.
0: this way without him. Uh, we couldn't, we couldn't have adapted to this without him." And this is a second year scholar, you know, seventeen going on eighteen, who this is unprecedented, really. You know, I'm very happy to have. I've spotted him here early and brought him to the to the to your audience, but I think it's possibly time to say that he's a senior player. Yeah, and move on because he should be. You know, twenty three appearances. He should be getting thirty odd this year. He's that good. It's time to move on for Rico. He's he's a he's a senior player even in his in his young years now.
2: It's it's this idea as well with him that. Um... Like going into the season, nobody's really that. Wor- there, there was worries, obviously, if Kyle Walker had left, but mm. there were, nobody was really that worried with the with the right fullback options you've got if you've got Walker and and Lewis as your two as your two options when you want to play a fullback and not a centre half like Stones.
0: Agreed, but you know, is he even going to play there? I I, t- I tweeted or oh, X or whatever it is now about, <laughs> about halfway through the season that I don't even think you've seen percentage of his range I think he's still got so much more to show which is scary really because he was running games at times so mm. starting games like when he started the Bournemouth away game and obviously various other really important games but that really sticks in my mind for whatever reason it must have been the, like the time period and what was the pressures of the time it's incredible really and I'm just so glad that for once I've, I've spotted a player at 16 that I thought was really good and it turns out he, he is really, really, good, yeah. really good, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, hope he, I hope he goes on to play a lot more.
2: Well, uh, let's look ahead to uh, some of the players coming through at the moment who uh, could be the next Rico Lewis's for you to pick out. So, uh, <laughs> who, who are the scholars that we should be keeping an eye on for this uh, for this
0: coming season? Well, I'm going to have a look at this year's scholars in a few weeks, in you know, in the weeks to come when they start to play. I will. There's a, there's a lot of interesting players there. If you remember, we. His, his name escapes me, but the the lad who was we broke the transfer record for a thirteen year old. We paid four hundred grand for a thirteen year old. It, it's it's that lad's scholarship year this year. Okay. Um, yeah. So, and I'm going to hang on and watch the players a few times first. I'm very happy to report that Darren Fletcher's kids have left for United because I was dreading having to.
5: Big deal. Yes. Oh,
0: <laughs> God, can you imagine? So they've gone. So that's good. But other than that, I'll. Uh, I think we'll we'll concentrate on them more this year because that's what worked with Rico when he was in his in his scholarship year. So I'll really zero in on the the scholars this year.
2: Yeah, um, let's look at some of the players then that uh, did go on the preseason tour. Um, I, I mean, let's start with uh, with Oscar Bob, who um, got a fair few minutes in uh, in the three tour games. Uh, what did you make of him?
0: He looks good, doesn't he? Which is great. I would be very wary of a player who is 20 going on 21 this year as I'd say in his fifth year since joining as a scholar at 16 who has only played age group football at the moment. I mean, stranger things have happened, but that doesn't sound like a player who's going to jump straight into senior football and hit the ground running. Um one thing <laughs> I will say, one thing I will say is he is he came as a winger, kind of a floaty winger. And he's adapted really well to playing centrally, which is a bit of a theme for the academy. Uh, Micah Hamilton, who I've spoke about before, he did something similar. And then Matty Whittingham, who's even younger, he's done like a similar thing. He's moved into a central midfield role and used, used that kind of wingery exuberance um, in a central role, you know, a bit of vision, bit of passing, that mm. type of thing. I think, I think, and I thought for a while that Oscar's looked good and he's looked really good, but it's been mostly in under-21s, under-23s and friendlies. I'm wary that he's, he's not had a loan yet. He's not had any real minutes yet. I wouldn't be confident going into the 'cause because obviously you went to the, uh, we're talking about the players that went on, on pre-season here. I wouldn't be confident going into the season with him as an option other than, you know, your usual three or four minutes when we're 3-0 up. Um, odd Carabao to,
2: Cup game. Yeah, yeah the
0: odd Carabao Cup game. I mean, he might well prove me wrong when we get to senior football, but he's gone a long time now as a youth-level footballer without ever really making the step up, whether that's through himself or that it's through lack of opportunities or for loans. Whatever it is, it's just not really materialised.
2: Yeah. Um, another one that uh was on the tour and kind of started well but then disappeared in terms of uh selections. Scored against uh, Bayern by Munich, I think it was, was James McAtee. Mm. Um obviously he's had a year away. So um what do you make of, of his position at City at the moment?
0: I'm sensing some doubt from fans here. I've I've seen a few occasions where people I know I know Twitter isn't the world, but um, X like,
2: X isn't the world. X, X,
0: right, X isn't the world, <laughs> but I've seen a few people wondering whether he's, you know, whether he's going to make the grade or not. I mean, his, his talent isn't in doubt. His potential isn't in doubt. But whether oh, I'm seeing, I don't know whether people think that he hasn't shown in a city shirt yet. But friendlies, friendlies mean nothing. So the year that he had at Sheffield United was was excellent. He had an excellent year at Sheffield United, which. The thing that I wanted to pinpoint is that it didn't start that way. I think I came on the podcast last year, and me—I think it was prompted by yourself because we were both worried. Yeah. That his, his loan at Sheffield United wasn't really—is this the place that he should be? Is Paul again? Paul, Hage, Paul Hage, Is that the manager? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he? Is he the right manager for for you know? Is he going to play the right type of football? It wasn't going well. Tommy Doyle straight into the team straight away, but he took his time. But he did take, you know, he adapted, he adapted, he played really well. He started to impose the way he plays on, you know, and merge that with the physicality of the championship. And he started to really impact games at that level to the point where, you know, Sheffield United were promoted. It went really well in the end. So, I mean, I wouldn't be prepared to to write him off, but I, unlike Oscar Bob, he has... At least a full season of senior football where it went really well. You know what I mean. You can see where the where the difference is here. I would be much more inclined to give James a chance to be a, a, a full time squad member to get the sort of is ever anyone ever going to get the sort of minutes that Rico ever got again? Possibly yeah. not. But you know, if, maybe, he would be my choice. You, I'm
2: thinking maybe. Do you remember like Foden in the Centurions season? That sort of level of minutes. I
0: don't know. Yeah because um, even Rico stole the march on the the minutes that Foden got by a good year and a half, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so quite yeah, that would be that would be good. I mean, I don't know whether that's enough for James at this point. Was think, whether he'd he'd want more, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I'm not sure. Um He's an excellent player who I've always admired, and I've always, you know, I've, I've, we've been talking about him on here for years now, haven't we? I'd like to see him given the chance. Whether it, you know, if it's between the two and the manager keeps a, sh- a small squad, I would pick James. Um, I've, I've not really got too much to add from pre season. Everybody knows it was quite a small academy presence. I've seen some disappointment. But what I did want to point out was when they got back, there were some first team training photos, uh, and a lad called Isaiah. Dada Mascol, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, um, he popped up in first-team training. Now, he again, th- this year, is going to be a second year, so the same as Rico was last year. He only played under-18s football last year, so he didn't take the step up at any point. He's a defensive midfielder, and at 17, he's already absolutely massive. He's bigger, <laughs> he's, he's bigger than Rodri, which is incredible, really, for a 17-year-old.
2: Height or um, width, because they're both, they're both impressive stats, either way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll just go with hype for now. I don't know about that, but it's when the pitcher came out, he was basically he's been training with the first team, which I think is as I've already said unprecedented on this podcast, but I think that's quite a thing, because at the time, the EDS were playing games, they were playing friendlies, and there was only the usual couple of, you, know, sprinkled youth players that are, you know seen as first teamers. and him. Now, he didn't stand out massively to me last year, but he did stand massively. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I I understand about, um, I think it it might have been Sam at The Athletic last year who was saying that the manager likes to have good players to train against. So it's almost like, you know, it's almost like you're playing against seniors and someone of his stature, I can understand why he would be a prime candidate for that. You're playing against somebody who is already bigger than anybody there. Yeah, um, and well-versed
2: he in what City want sort of thing. Exactly,
0: yeah. exactly. But that said, somebody who's uh, in his first year last year didn't play any reserve football at all, not, a, you know, all under-18 stuff. I think this is a really interesting choice by the manager to bring up. If you think about his position as well, and we think about Rodri's comments recently, you're like, you know, Jesus, lads, I can't play 70 games <laughs> a year every year, you know, that sort of thing. And then you think about, his backup, who is the out of shape guy who gurns at the cameras from the bench, like he his position is already under threat. If there is somebody like Dada Mascol who has any anything about him and who can take that place and can actually, for this year, please God, give Rodri a rest at some point, I think that's quite an interesting appearance in the first team picture. It's one it's one to keep an eye on rather than I'm saying you know he's going to start backing up Rodri, but yeah. Like I say, that's an interesting development for me, for sure.
1: If you enjoy the show, please give it a rating and a review wherever you get your podcasts.
2: That was Sean Blinkhorn talking us through the EDS players to watch this season. We're going to finish by squeezing in a few audience questions. Get them in for next week at Blue Moon Podcast on Twitter. You can email us through the website as well, bluemoonpodcast.com. Just fill in the form there, send an email over. Uh, Alan has been in touch on Twitter to say, do you think the continued focus on City's finances from UEFA and the Premier League are leading City to be more careful with their spending? Given the money that the Academy is making through player sales, the increased revenues from things like this season's pre-season tour and the prize money from Last season, City could surely have afforded to outbid Arsenal for Declan Rice, for instance. Um, Macca, what do you make of that?
3: Did we really want Declan Rice?
2: Well, what? I mean, not specifically Declan Rice. but it, it, <laughs> No, no. Yeah, but I'm but I'm it, like, it does feel like the times like City are going, no, like, you want £5 million more? No, we're not paying that.
3: Yeah, but we've, we've, been, we've been like that for a number of years, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've, been, we've been told like that for a number of years and just say, yeah, no. And I think we've be very clever <laughs> in, in many ways and just... Uh, but yeah, but no. But going back to that, it, it is it is relevant. Did we want Declan Rice? Hmm. Adam, do you reckon?
4: Well, I just think like in general, like the whole sentiment. It annoys me with like general some fans on Twitter that are usually under the age of sixteen who think that <laughs> cheeky has this war chest and he should just shamelessly <laughs> throw it about like a uh, you know things that. Being fat
2: shamelessly thrown around.
4: Yeah, like a billion Freddos or something. That's what you want to buy. But like (laughs) you know, but the the thing is city have always named the price and that is the price. and and that that's a good way to operate, I think. It means that you don't you don't get... Because United, this is the thing, United have risen to binning wars in the past and our teams view them in a lesser manner when they're negotiating with them. So now, United, after the last decade of spending, have found themselves in a predicament where they could go for anyone and they'll slap 20 million on top because you know it's United and the way that mm. they've operated, they'll pay it. So you set a precedent by lowballing, balling um, and then that's the way that you get your targets. And look, the plays we've missed out on in the past, I think Rice will be a success at Arsenal, but particularly to Chelsea and United, these teams we've not really missed out much, you know, and the thing is, we're such a good project that players usually nine times out of 10 want to come to us anyway. So it's difficult for the club to demand more when the player wants to join us in the first place. So it's a bit of a, you know, this is the way that we've operated. I think it's got nothing to do with UEFA, the premier league. I think I'd like to think maybe it's wishful thinking, but I think that the club uh, are well in check with how they deal with the finances. They think it's all above board and they're just going to continue operating as normal. And, uh, yeah, that's how, it, that's how it'll continue it's to be. It's an interesting
3: one, though. But in terms of in, in terms of Rice, though, where would he have played?
4: Uh, actually, I think in the Stones role, like where he can drift into the pivot in midfield. That's the only way that I could see it working well.
3: Yeah, but Stones does that.
4: He does, <laughs> but maybe he doesn't. <laughs> say, Swish! Uh, yeah. <laughs> nothing, get, nothing gets past Macca. <laughs>
3: no, 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 what I mean is, it, was it not just a, a bit of a, a ruse? Was it that? Um,
4: I think we did want him. I th- he is i really really rate him and i think that he is he would have fit in like a glove and then maybe you would have put stones in where a kanji was and then sort of shifted it that way uh but it's not it's just one of those where it's like he's a quality player but it's not the end of the world that we've missed out on him and not it's not worth all. getting upset that all. we didn't bid an extra five million which was already on a preposterous amount of money for him anyway so yeah not the end of the world i've not lost any sleep over losing rice
2: um, let's finish with this from Paul on the emails who says, uh, I was wondering whether you are starting to get a little worried about players like Tommy Doyle and Taylor Harwood-Bellis. It seems obvious that they would leave permanently this summer, but there's been no news on them and they haven't featured in pre-season or the early season games. Um, Adam, I guess this is uh, this is an interesting one because you look at, at those two in particular. We talked earlier on about McAtee and about uh, Palmer who are on the fringes to varying degrees of the first team, whereas these two just not in the picture at all right now. Um, if they don't move on, kind of what
4: happens? Uh, well, I'm not worried about them. They've got comfortable lives, but like, I think they'll be <laughs> a, you know, they'll, uh, yeah, I, I suppose in, in terms of the careers, uh, Tommy Doyle, it's a weird one, because obviously he's, he's related to Glenpardo and he's sort of got a very um, deep rooted connection with the club. So maybe the club have wanted him to succeed in that regard. But... I, I, I mean, I've, I know some Sheffield United fans. I didn't really watch them much last year, but they, they wax lyrical about how good he was in that team. So, City, I think, based off those performances alone and how much he played for Sheffield United, and I think Howard Bellis is at Burnley, right? Uh, he obviously played a big part in their promotion. There'll be suitors for them. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a case of City being unable to find a suitor. I think. When did Wilson Esbran go on loan as well last season? Was that like mid season or yeah, something? Yeah, was, was. I'm sure it was like January so or. or- you, like yeah, after the window
2: maybe.
4: Yeah, I think it was so. Like, it might not be as time barred as as people think for them. I don't think they're going to make it a city, but I think they're going to those two in particular will be fine. Like, they'll they'll go on and have stellar careers, I've no doubt. Just perhaps not at the club. So, you know, I'm content with the fact they're not going to make it at the club. But I'm also uh, pretty confident that the club will will treat them right and get them the right moves with it. You know, yeah. in due time.
2: Maca, there's a there's another side to this as well. When you look at, at the players that have left City recently from the Academy that have maybe had one or two first team appearances, or maybe none at all in the case of players like Romeo Lavia, um, it really speaks to to how well City Academy is doing, not just on like it sounds awful to talk about players in this way, but in generating income for for the club anyway. Um, but also like in actually getting careers for these young players elsewhere in the football pyramid.
3: Yeah, no, no, it's right, and there's a lot of people who won't like to hear this. But one of the things that Alex Ferguson used to say when he sat down, um, the families for, for 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 young lads, and they'd say, he'd say, "But I'm not guaranteeing that you're gonna, your son is gonna have a a, a career at Manchester United, but he's gonna have a career somewhere." and and that's how you ask and and i think that's what we're doing at the moment and, and also i think mean, it sounds like sounds awful we're making a, a hell of a lot of money out of it as well yeah it's so uh, yeah that, that's that's what we're doing
2: yeah well uh, that brings us to a close for today's blue moon podcast thank you very much for listening and thank you to my guests for this one Maka. thank you david and adam monk pleasure i will be back next week so i will see you then
1: That was the Blue Moon Podcast. Please give the show a rating and a review where you can. And don't forget, you can listen without the ads by signing up to our Patreon. You'll also get an extra episode each Monday. Here's a clip of this week's.
3: It was our first real foray into Europe, and that was really a game that had everything. We had sending off, sending offs, both teams scored. Ilano hit the bar about 16 times. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ilano, was... Ilano
2: had a shot direct from a corner on three separate <laughs> occasions in that <laughs> game.
3: He <laughs> was desperate for us to win it, wasn't he? So, um, yeah, it just had everything, and the atmosphere was bouncing at that point. That was the best atmosphere at, at the Etihad that we'd had up to that point. That's a game I
2: always... I mean, obviously, I wish I'd been at the QPR, but... That's a game I always kinda of wish it was yeah. for and wish it was a, a bit more attached in terms of being here and, and knocking about with you lad, and stuff like I kinda of watched that on my own in the pub back in Ireland and the bouncer said, Oh, here's the Man City Supporters Club in and it was just me <laughs> sat there. <laughs> 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 um, but but I've always been re- like properly jealous of hearing the conversation about that because to go down in the annals that way, you know, yeah. it's just and for it to be talked about so so highly by anybody who was there i just like and surely it suggests something about cheaper ticket prices like you know more people in the the place is bouncing you know and people who don't always get to see the game getting to see it's gonna it's gonna lead to an increased atmosphere
1: you can listen to more of that at patreon.com forward slash blue moon podcast and join us again next time for another episode